ask you to raise your hands. The Lord knows who you are. Thank you for doing that. Let's keep praying. Uh, pick a day or two and pray and fast, whichever way the Lord leads you. Okay? But seek the face of the Lord and submit your flesh to prayer. You know, praying and fasting is, is a different ball game. And you remember what Jesus said, that some of these cannot go except by praying and fasting. There's some things in your life that have been there for a long time. They cannot go except when you begin to engage a radical prayer and fast. We'll talk about prayer and fasting another Sunday. But let's just dedicate this season, this summer, to prayer. God answers prayer. I cannot tell you many things that God has done in my life because of prayer. And so today, we're going to talk about some basics, some fundamentals of prayer. Just remind ourselves and check and see if we're still doing those things. Amen? Let's bow our heads and pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for a new day. Glad we get to see a new day. Thank you for the breath of life. Thank you for enabling us to love you and to come here. Thank you for ordering our steps. Thank you for the good things you do for us, most of which we don't know. But thank you, Lord. We will not complain. When life gets tough, we will trust you. I thank you, Lord, for this congregation. And this morning, Lord, as we share your word, ask your Holy Spirit to speak to each one of us, Lord, as we need. Give me the utterance of your word, Lord, and the anointing to speak it. To you all be the glory. In Jesus' name. So, what is prayer? And why must we pray and how? <laughs> right? What is it? I am, it's probably just hypothetical. Think about it. I know you could give me answers. And at some point, I might need some answers from you. Why must we pray? Okay, I need you to answer this one. Why must we pray if God knows all things and sees everything? And before we say a word, you already know what we're saying. I just need two people to give me some Holy Ghost answers. Yes, I dream. I love that. Clap for that lady. <laughs> Second, last person. Yes, ma'am. And if you don't, probably you won't see some of those things. <laughs> you know, most importantly, prayer is more than asking God for things. 
Prayer is more. There's more to prayer than giving God a list of things. The to-do lists. Did we talk about to-do lists some, some time back? No, we talked about a stop-do list. Hey, just to remind you, I don't know how many of you have created those lists. A stop-do list. Lord, these are the things I'm going to stop doing <laughs> this year. Prayer is more than asking God for things. How many of you would be pleased if every day all that your children tell you is, Mom, Dad, I want this, I want that. The next day they come, Mom, Dad, I want this, I want that. I want... How would you feel? It wouldn't feel good. And yet, many of us are still stuck at that level of prayer. When we think about prayer, that's all we know. There's more to prayer. Just as many of you have discovered and you have delved into the richness of prayer. Let's be encouraged and remind ourselves today of some of these basics that are very key. You know, we don't want to be stuck at that level of asking. We have to grow. We have to grow deeper. You know. Keep coming, man. Okay, keep coming and keep praying. So, I like what you said, Adrian. God wants to listen to his children all the time. It's a communication. It's a fellowship. So he wants to be with us. So prayer takes us there. Takes us to that place where we can communicate. Sit on the same table. You know, before I forget this, it is not possible, or rather not easy, for you to have fellowship with somebody you don't know. Let's just put a pause to that. We'll come back to it later. So we need God to be part of our everyday life. Prayer is not an event or a gathering, or just a moment. It's a lifestyle. As you do your life, you make God part of your life. Let me put it differently. We strive to be part of God's way, part of God's life. You know, every day we wake up in the morning and say, God, bless my day. And be part of my day. Rather, we should pray to God, let me be part of your day. Let me be part of your day. Let me, be, let me understand what you expect of me today. 
so when there is that all day long, a lifelong connection with your God, as you're driving and you're stuck on the traffic, oops, do people here get traffic? Nah. No, you don't. How long? How long is your longest traffic? Like sitting? An hour? An hour? Like not moving? <laughs> Have you ever sat in your car not moving for three hours? I did. So that's traffic. So what do you do in that situation? It's an opportunity. Time to thank God for your car and enjoy living in it. <laughs> or find other things to talk to God about. As you walk in the woods, what do you see? What do you appreciate? So when you're engaged in prayer, you will always listen. Because, as you know, it is a communication, two-way. You always get feedback. What is God saying about everything? When you keep it one way, it's not going to work out very well. If it is two-way, you always get the counsel, the soothing, the, the instructions, the direction, the comfort. You know, the instructions. I like that one. <laughs> God instructs us. And, and God rebukes us, too. And he corrects us, too. So all of those you will be getting from him. You know. So, he wants to be part of your everyday life. That's why we must pray. What else? Why, why else must we pray? Hebrews chapter 6. No, chapter 4, rather. Verse, verse 16. It says, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain grace and find mercy to help in time of need. Let us come to the throne of grace. How? Through prayers. We may always be covered with the grace of God. First, we find grace because we are sinners. We're all sinners. So we come there that we may obtain grace. I'm going to talk about uh, the prayer of a, of a sinner shortly. So we come to the throne of grace before a righteous God that he may forgive us. And then he will give us mercy. And then he will give us a covering of his grace to help us when we need help. We need help all the time. I need help all the time. I don't know about you. We need help. So we need that grace.
so Paul said, or rather whoever wrote that book of Hebrews, come. It's an invitation. And where is the throne of grace? Amen? Let's move forward. Let me answer uh, a little bit, give a little bit more answer on the question I asked earlier about if God knows all things, why do we bother anyway to tell him things? Yes, we know that God knows all things. But he also gave us that free will to tell him things. Tell him how we feel. To choose whether to talk to him or not. Just like we choose whether to talk to our neighbors or not. Or our relatives. Or our in-laws. Or not. For a very long time. It's a choice you make. Either to talk to God or not. There are many people who have given up talking to God because the prayer doesn't work. Or God doesn't care. Doesn't listen to me anyway. He does his own things. <laughs> so they've given up talking to God. But today, you can choose, if you're here, to begin talking to God again. Just like a child begins talking his father or mother. And you will always know the right footing, the right place to begin that communication. Depending on your relationship. You know. When we don't talk, like I said, if we, when we don't talk to people, human beings, other than our pets. Some people just choose to talk to their dogs, right? Not to humans. Two things will happen. One, there will be no relationship. And secondly, there will be no fellowship. And you know, fellowship leads to a deeper knowledge, deeper relationship with that person. If you've not spent time with me, you won't really know who I am very well, except listening to me here. And that can be dangerous. You can form opinion of me. That may be totally out of place. <laughs> but the more I spend time with you, I get to know you, how kind, how sweet, how nice. And that's how I chose, I've chosen to live my life. I don't rush to form opinion about people. Even if their mistakes have showed, led the way. No, I, I ignore that, but I want to see the person, the human, this beautiful person in that whoever. Amen? There's a beautiful person in each one of us. And we must seek to fellowship with people that we make honest, understand them. That's when fellowship and a deeper connection can begin. And an embrace. Amen. 
so. We want to know God. We got to talk to him and also have him talk to us. And then that will take us to a deeper connection. Second thing, very important. We must admit that we don't know how to pray. No one can master prayer. <laughs> oh, praise God. I'm excited about this. Because I'm about to surprise some of you. Let's face that fact. No one knows how to pray. No one can master the art of prayer. And no offense, some people may think they know how to pray better than others. They know how to choose words. You know? But not that way. Prayer is communication between you and your father. It's not a competition. Right? It's communication. You know, the Pharisees and the teachers of the Lord during Jesus' time got it all wrong because they love to do it in public places, displaying their piousness so that people could see. But God sees the heart of the man, not the physical show. So we all don't know how to pray. We, we only learn from two people. If I may use that reference. The persons, the trinity. We learn from Jesus how to pray. And then we learn from the Holy Spirit how to pray. How does that happen? In the book of Luke, chapter 11, I love this one. It's a beautiful acknowledgement, a desperate cry. Verse 1 to 4. And it came to pass that as Jesus was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us how to pray. Just as John told his disciples, and he said unto them, when you pray, there goes the beautiful Lord's prayer. When you pray, pray like, pray, pray like this. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven. I love King James Version for this one. As in heaven, so in earth. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Lord, teach us how to pray. These were disciples. 
They'd spend time with Jesus, but they still felt like they didn't even know how to pray. They cried it out. The Lord teaches how to pray. And the Lord taught them how to pray. And it's all in there how we should pray. <laughs> you can break it down. I can teach on this for months. That's the Lord's prayer. But let's leave it there for now. We also learn to pray by watching the life of Jesus. He's a perfect model. How did he pray? That's important for us as believers. Because Jesus said, learn from me, right? Learn from me. Follow my steps. Importantly, Jesus prayed alone most of the time. He prayed alone. He went to the mountains, to the wilderness, to the deserts. He prayed sometimes all night. He just showed up in the morning. And his disciples, always there snoring. <laughs> but he would go away and pray. How could a God be doing this? He would say, I know these things. I don't need to pray. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I can just speak things. There's a deeper lesson there, which we will get to at some point. And Jesus told us, Matthew chapter 6, verse 6, but, but when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. Some, verse, some Bible verses say he will see you in secret. He will reward you publicly. Nobody knows what you're going through. The tears that you are pouring every day. You're crying before God. The sacrifices you're making. But God sees it. And that God who sees it will reward you publicly one day. He will bless you publicly. He will promote you publicly. Because God rewards the diligent people, those who diligently seek him. Right? And this shutting of the door can be both literal and hypothetical, right? It can be literal. Sometimes you just need to run away and just lock yourself in a closet. Cut yourself from the chaotic world of noise and distractions. And just be alone. Some other times you just have to shut the door of your mind. Especially when we're doing corporate prayer meetings. You just have to shut the door of your mind. Maybe close your eyes if, the, if that will help. Because you know our minds are always going. You're praying, you're also thinking about how you hate that neighbor. <laughs> so we have to shut the door. 
and talk to God. We need that focus. That focus is very important because being double-mindedness, as Jam said, person who is double-minded, like a sea, we live by the ocean here, tossed by the wind. God cannot locate you because you're here today, tomorrow you're there. Double-mindedness. You, you have faith today, you've lost faith tomorrow. You're very kind and loving today. Tomorrow you are an animal, <laughs> so bitter, so angry. That is being tossed by the wind. God wants to find you in one place, persistently loving and seeking. And when you falter, grace, you, you fall down on your knees at the foot of a cross in the front, front room of grace and receive mercy. Say, Lord, this is not how I want to live my life. I belong to you. I don't belong to Satan. I don't belong to these evil influences. I belong to Jesus. And I want to live the life worthy of that calling. That's how we can live fruitfully. Even in prayer. Amen. Jesus prayed in submission to the Father's will. That's another thing we learn from him. We read in Luke 22, verse 42. Jesus said, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. I like the New Living Translation for that. Yet I want your will, not mine. How many of us can say, Lord, I want your will? That's what I choose. Not mine. Because mine, <laughs> oh my goodness, Lord. My will, I cannot depend on it. I know that. I cannot depend on my will. I need the will of the Father. I want His. His is dependable. His is perfect. His, the Bible says His ways are perfect. Mine are not. I'm limited in many ways. So are you. So I need Him who knows all things, who has control over all things. When we submit to the will of God, we're better prepared. Amen? We're better prepared to take the response that will come from Him. When we pray, God will respond either with a yes or with a no or with Wait a long time. 
So when we are committed to his will, when a no answer comes from God, it won't bother us. Because we trust that is his will. So his will be done. Praise God. And when God is delaying, we are very, we feel privileged. We feel happy because we know that God, God's perfect will is on the way. God's timing is on the way. And then we are comforted as we wait. But we live in a society that has programmed us for instantaneous gratification. You want it tomorrow? You want it on Monday? Order it today. Right? So, but we should not forget that that is the world with God. Things work out differently. Let's not get frustrated while we're waiting. Because the Father knows. Hmm. If we always want these instant answers, we burn with frustration and we get angry at God. Oh, how foolish is that of us. How shameful. Who are you mortal man to question God? Read the book of Job again. And then we can get a better perspective on this. We got to try to be very careful. Very careful. Because we are dealing with the Almighty here, not with man. We're dealing with the Almighty. Sometimes we feel too big, too bossy, too experienced, that we don't respect that bit. That's wrong. is indeed a very humbling process. It humbles you. It kills you. It kills you. You're dead in the flesh. It's humbling. It teaches us to trust God every step of the way. It has got nothing to do with our wisdom, our effort. You know? Again, no offense, but I often hear folks when somebody gives a testimony that God has done something, you hear somebody saying, yeah, I pray for that. Does it mean if you didn't pray, it would not happen? I prayed for you. 
for we prayed and God did wonderful stuff. But the emphasis is on, is on we pray. That's a someone for another day. The Holy Spirit also helps us to pray. Book of Romans, chapter 6, verse 26 and 27 says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray. For us, we ought. But the Spirit himself intercede for us with groaning too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is in the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. What a blessing. It means that when I fall on my knees, I'm praying to God in the Spirit that the Spirit of God lifts me and draws everything from my heart and presents before God. He makes a deeper intercession for me on my behalf. He, en he enables me. You know, sometimes prayer is not easy and the enemy does not want us to pray we'll talk about that later but the spirit of God gives us strength if you want to know that praying is not easy try fasting for longer than seven days you need the strengthening of the Holy Spirit and Satan does not want us to pray he will do everything to stop people from praying. He will do everything to stop the church from praying. He will throw the bone, throw the confusion, mess up relationships. The point that people no longer pray genuinely. Because he wants to kill the connection. Yet we must know, as it's written in the book of Zechariah, chapter 4, verse 6, the word of the Lord came to the prophets. And said, so he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, it's not by might, nor by power, but by the Spirit, says the Lord Almighty. Sometimes I feel like touching someone on their shoulders and just tell them, brother, sister, slow down. You know? Let the Lord handle this. Stop struggling. 
stop fighting. Just calm down. Let the Lord handle this situation. Because it's not by might, not by power, by the Spirit of God. My preaching cannot make a difference here. The Spirit of God can. I cannot make any difference here in the world or in my family. God does. I can shout here all day. In the end, it is only what God can do. Okay, so, quick for today, let's, let's pick just two, two types of prayer. Now we'll continue with that another day. Number one is a sinner's prayer. Very important prayer you can never make. If you can only make that prayer. You're fine. Because we have all sinned. And we all must make a sinner's prayer. I know we all did at some point. And we're giving our hearts to Jesus, right? Do we stop? We keep making it, right? You know exactly when you must make that prayer. Don't you? Each one of us would know when exactly we must fall on our knees and make a sinner's prayer. Let's read just one scripture. I could read tons of scriptures on this. You can do your own homework and research. Be like the, the Berean Christians who, who keep very close to scripture. So that everything I say here, you test it against scripture. Or you go home and read and study some more. And even learn deeper. Because as I preach this, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, expanding. Expounding. And getting the meaning to you the way uh, you in need. So let's uh, study a little bit of what happened uh, to the life of David in Psalms chapter 51. We know this chapter follows, follows uh, an experience of David's fallout with Uriah's wife, and then ended up killing Uriah. And he, he was trying to hide and cover that, and God sends prophet. Because there's nothing that can stay covered. 
the Lord knows all things and everything that's hidden will one day. Yes. Very scary for some of us, right? <laughs> yes. Very scary. But it's better it comes out and you're free. Yes. Just like David had to acknowledge here. All right, let's read this chapter. It's a short chapter. I'll read it quick. Have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love. Because of your great compassion, blot out the stain of my sins. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sin, for I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. Against you and you alone have I sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. You will be proved right in what you say and your judgment against me is just. For I was born a sinner. Yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. But you desire honesty, uh, honesty from the womb, teaching me wisdom, even there. Purify me from my sin, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow, or give me back my joy again. You have broken me, now let me rejoice. Don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. Create me a clean heart. Oh God, renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence. And don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. Then I will teach your ways to rebels, and they will return to you. Forgive me, of, uh, forgive me for shedding blood, O oh God, uh, who saves. Then I will joyfully sing of your forgiveness. Unseal my lips, O oh Lord, that my mouth may praise you. You do not desire sacrifice, or I would offer one. You do not want a burnt, a burnt offering. The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and a repentant heart, O oh God. Look with favor on Zion and help her rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will be pleased with sacrifices offered in the right spirit. With burnt offerings and whole, and whole burnt offerings, then bulls will again be sacrificed on your altar. Three important things here. One, sincerity in prayer. David was sincere. It was, it was not just a minor, oops, Lord, I'm sorry. It was sincere. Secondly, he openly acknowledged his sins, and called it for what it is. Lord, deliver me from bloodshed, in verse 14. I've shedded blood, I've committed adultery, named it, called it for what it is. Don't be ashamed to mention to God what you've done. Sometimes we think, God, I'm sorry, forgive me. What is it forgiving you for? Tell him. 
It's, it's relieving. Amen? Acknowledge it, call it for what it is. You don't have to do it in public, of course. Though sometimes, yes, you have to. The Bible says, repent and share with one another, right? Repent one to another and pray. <laughs> yes. So, if it befits, especially when it's relational, the married people here understand that. You name it, call it what it is, and then pray. Second thing we learn from this passage is the intercession that is drawn from deep within the heart. That intercession is not just about you, it's about the community. Uh, David, towards the end of that chapter, began to intercede for, for Zion, for the house of the Lord, for the people of God. So intercession. Sincerity, acknowledgement, and intercession. So, and the lots of the Bible is full of the stories of human beings like you and me who have, who have faltered. But God healed them, forgave them, and used them mightily. Because there's no sin that is too strong for the blood of Jesus. There's power in the blood of Jesus. That blood hasn't lost its power yet. Second type of prayer, which we'll conclude with today, is the prayer of a righteous man. Of course, after you've been forgiven, then you're justified by the grace of God, not by works. Amen? In the book of James, chapter 5, verse 16, we read, Confess your fault one to another, and pray for one another, that ye may be healed. The effectual prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I love King James there. The effectual prayer of a righteous man avails much. It's effective. Remember, the scripture begins with confession of sins. Then that, uh, what, proceed, what, what follows there is the justification. Then you qualified. So the effectual prayer of a righteous man avails much. So let us not bypass sinner's prayer. Let us not bypass confession. Jesus said when you come to the altar to sacrifice and you remember you have an issue with a brother, leave your sacrifice right there and run back. 
fix things. None of these words are mine. Word of God. May we not ignore this because when we bypass them, this, this, this is the problems with prayer that then people blame God for not answering their prayers. Next time we're going to read about uh, a lot of ways that prayers are made amiss just to build on that. So, pray always, pray all the time, both in good and bad times. Amen? In good times, praise God and go to his throne and obtain grace to help you in bad times. Hallelujah. And in bad times, pray. Don't cuss, don't complain, don't blame God. Just simply pray. Hallelujah. Take it to the Lord in prayer. All right, before we do the last song and pray, we want to put a kink, a break here, and honor our mothers. I'm done preaching, okay? Lord bless you. Okay. We want to take this time and honor our mothers and uh, simply thank God for them. I have so many stories I can tell about my mother. Um, can I share with you just one quick one? My mother went to be with the Lord a long time ago, 2002. I was uh, in a boarding school doing my finals of the high school. And I was in the middle of exams, uh, about 270 miles away from home. And they decided, the family decided not to tell me my mother had passed. So they, they even buried her without me knowing. So when I went home for holidays, a few days after that, from my dear beloved mother was gone. That struck me so deep. Because I loved her dearly. I know she went to be with the Lord because she was a woman who loved God dearly. And she came to the Lord because of my persistence. I kept persisting, said, Mother, Jesus is, is the sweetest thing. You need Jesus. I know all that you've gone through. My family was very chaotic growing up. I remember one particular day, this story breaks my heart. My father had abandoned my mother. And she had no means of income generating. She toiled in the garden with the rest of us so that we can make food, grow food. That's how we live. We survive on subsistence farming. So one day my father, my mother felt so sick, so killed, she was going to die, we thought. And my father could not even help, so she was just in the house for days. And then a week she was deteriorating, she was not eating. And, and that bothered me, 
So I went to my father and said, do you even realize that our mother is dying? And I was, I was, I think, 12. I was young. Our mother is dying. And the response he gave me was, it made me feel so rejected with the rest of my family and my mother because, because we had a, a polygamous family situation. And so he had abandoned my mother with eight children. Yes. And so, and so we, I started pushing my older brothers and said, we need to do something, otherwise our mother is going to die. Father doesn't care. And then we agreed that we were going to take her uh, several miles away to our grandmother's house so that she could be helped by herbalists there. We didn't have any means to go to the hospital, hospital so far away. We didn't have any money to hire the car or anything. So, so we decided that she needed to be taken. That's actually what our father said. That why don't you take her to our parents? <laughs> so, but now how? All that we could do, take her with, was a bicycle. You know those bicycles with carriers in the back? You see people riding in the villages. And so we talked to our older brother said, okay, you have to take mother because you're older. He said, no. The second oldest. He also said, no. And my follower was a little older than me. He said he had a chest problem. He cannot ride a bicycle for that long, several miles away. That broke my heart. So I went to mother that evening and said, Mother, tomorrow I'm going to take you to grandmother's. She could not even talk to very well. She's like, how are you going to do that? You're too young. I said, I will take you. So I went to the neighbors, borrowed a bicycle. We didn't even have a bicycle. Borrowed a bicycle. Put a few clothes in plastic bag. Got water. Said, Mother, let's go. I could not, you know, those big bicycles, I could not sit on the seat and ride because I was too short. So there's a rail in between. I could only sit on the rail and paddle. So I put Mother. And then we started the journey. Remember, she could not walk could only sit there and hold. We started the journey about 6 a.m. in the morning. And you know, the roads go like this, hills, valleys. I could, and fly, I could do well, but on the steep hills, I jump off and then push her on the bicycle. And all along the journey, 6 a.m. we arrived around 3 p.m. on the bicycle. I was just praying. Because I knew I was not taking her to any hospital. Just taking her to a place where she's loved and accepted. We arrived there, our grandmother saw us and she busted in cry. She wailed actually. 
but I was praying and God was seeing my heart. Three days, literally three days, my mother was on her feet. She was healed completely. That was a miracle. That changed my life. And we stayed there, we helped grandmother, we built the garden, and she was eating well, she gained weight back. We didn't tell anybody back home. Several weeks later, we returned. Mother was in good, great shape. We talked about it, we thanked God together. We knew it was a miracle. And I, I kept reminding mother later on, I said, mother, remember what God did for you? That's when I came to the Lord a few years later. And she knew there was the hand of God. So happy Mother's Day. And to my mother, amen. So let's have uh, Debbie come. Are you able to get that song playing? Uh, yes, in a, in a few seconds. This is a song that later on I wrote and dedicated to my mother. We were just gonna play it. I really can't sing it very well right now. So we're gonna play it and uh, as we, so let's play that song. Somebody remembers you as a mother and your children are not limited to your biological children. Some of you are great mothers to so many other people. Continue to be, and God will reward you. Amen. Happy Mother's Day again. Well, it's okay. We can, uh, if it's not working out, we'll just... Thank you, friends, for giving those flowers out. Aren't they beautiful flowers? They are. So why don't we have you, Adrian, come? Um, let's... Uh, Let's put a hold on that for next time. Yeah, we'll just uh, sing our last hymn and pray and call it a day. And I'll see you in June. Man. Thanks. Stanley, are you gonna come give us a, oops, oh, it's coming. We're going to stand, and if you can, stand. We'll just take a few moments.
and make this hymn a, a prayer. Make it a prayer. And in the end, we're going to all pray for our brother over there. Please come in front already. And just be here somewhere. Can you sh- say it again? What do you need a prayer for? Okay. If you can't stand, just sit, sit on the, one, the chair over there. Jesus, all our 
sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. We do not carry everything to God in prayer. Everything to God in prayer. And pass me not. O gentle Savior, hear my humble cry, while on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. Brother, think about those words as you sit there. Pass me not, O gentle Savior. Hear my humble cries. While on others thou art calling to people here who are desperate, who need your touch, who have been waiting for you, for your help. We cry out to you today to have mercy. And reach your mighty hand and touch them. Lord, I pray as your servant, I humble myself before thee. Every blessing, every miracle that has been held by the wicked powers, the rulers of the dark world, every bondage that you will break them in the name of Jesus yes, Lord. Yes. and release the blessings release the healing release the freedom oh God to your people we lift our brother before thee right now mm -hmm. yes, Jesus. 
Lord, he has come here trusting you for help. Give him peace. Comfort him. And Lord, heal him. May you use this circumstance, Lord, to bring him even closer to you. May it be a time of rejuvenation of his spirit. Teach him lessons that he would not have otherwise learned except when this happened. For you cause all things to work together for our good. Cause this circumstance to work for our brother's good. To you be the praise and the glory, Lord. And we pray that you will bless our homes, bless our endeavors and our efforts, our travelings. Lord, bless this week and the days ahead of us, Lord. May we live for you and serve you. Lord, direct our steps. May we be found in the right places doing the right things, Lord. Things that glory, bring glory to your kingdom, Lord, to be serving, Lord. The places you've called us to, may we be quickened to go to those places. The people you've called us to, Jehovah God. May none of us, Lord, go to the grave with the callings of God in our lives, unfulfilled. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for this church and such a time as this that you bring us together. We trust you, Jesus, to do great and wonderful things here. For the glory of your name in this community, Jesus. Keep us humble people, prayerful people, and loving people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.